I think one thing people will experience in our game that they that will be new to them and feel really powerful and in line with you know what they've seen in The Walking Dead before is just you know the 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 impact of the knife actually penetrating a skull and that you actually have to have follow through and you have to have real physical force and then these weapons they'll stick you know and you have to actually yank to pull them out and when you've got several walkers coming at you and you're trying to brain them like that you really get that. Um, excitement and there's a bit of a power rush when you pulled it off but also you know some terror in the fact that it there are real physical consequences to the way you interact with the world and um i think you're going to feel like you're living these experiences you've seen in the walking dead Hey Zed Heads, welcome to our podcast. I'm Jason. This is the Walking Dead cast episode 383. I have a special guest co-host with me. It's Ben from Next Level Radio Podcast Network. Welcome, Ben. Hey, how's it going? I'm it's excited good. for this. I'm excited for this one. Yeah. Well, so we're talking about games, as you probably guessed from the title of this podcast. And uh we're doing our top ten games of the decade. And I was like, who do I know that's a podcaster and into games? And you were the first person I thought of. I appreciate it. That means I must be, I don't know if I'm, do I, do I post a lot about, I, I post occasionally about games. Yeah, you post occasionally and you have some pretty strong opinions. And also uh, sometimes when I'm on PlayStation, I see that you're on. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because we're friends on PlayStation too. Yeah, and I can see what games you're playing. Um, so my, you know, my interest in games tends to come and go, like I'll be really into games and then I'll start to get bored and just not be interested and think, ah, maybe I'm done with games. But then so far, every time I find myself getting obsessed again, and I'm, I've been feeling more and more obsessed again lately for some reason. I'm the same exact way. I'll, I'll go for like, I own X, I own an Xbox one. I own a PlayStation four. I have my, my Nintendo switch. Um, I don't really do loyalties to any one particular console, um, but I'm the same way. I will, I'll, I'll go months without touching any of my consoles. Yeah, and then occasionally I'll pick up the controller and I'll just play the hell out of something for probably weeks. Yeah, and the thing about games these days is, I mean, we're all into pop culture stuff. Anyone listening to this podcast at least likes The Walking Dead and probably a bunch of other stuff. But I, I feel like games can if done well be almost more you can get more wrapped up and moved by games than anything else these days because they've gotten so good oh there's a game on my there's a game in my top 10 that you and i have talked about before that i i think i got more emotional at at the story of the game than i have at some shows and movies that have been out there yeah I might have an idea of what that is. It might even be the same one that's on my list, but we'll see. Probably. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, oh, also this topic kind of fits Walking Dead cast because I'll spoil that I have three zombie games on my list and two other horror games beside that. So you guys might be interested. 
All right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, also, I'm going to be talking to Skydance Interactive, who are getting ready to come out with this Walking Dead Saints and Sinners VR game. I haven't had a chance to play it yet, but it looks super cool. You grab zombies and stab them in the head, just like you do on the show, and it feels like you're there. So I'm excited to talk to them about this. That's awesome. Before we get into it, let me remind you guys that this episode is made possible by Patreon supporters like Alex Vieira, who pledged their support at patreon.com slash Jason and Karen. So thank you, Alex. We're coming. I'm coming up on 10 years of doing this show, and I couldn't keep up with all of it without you, you Patreon supporters. So thank you very much. All right, here we go. It's our top 10 games of the decade. It's not every day. You finish up a decade, and here we are. So I thought it'd be yeah. fun to talk about this. So what's your number 10? Ooh, man. It, see, I, it's weird. This was a tough list because I, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I have some honorable mentions, too, that for ones that I just couldn't not mention. Yeah. I'm sure there's at least one or two on there that you just felt bad leaving off, right? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, and, and the thing is, I, my list for top 10 is in no particular order. So I'm just going to go down. I tried to order mine, but yeah, it could change on any day. <sighs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, I'll, I'll start with, I'll try and put them in an order as best as I can. Sure. Um, but, you know, number 10, uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Minecraft, mm, which... Good one. Um, you know, it, it's a game that... I didn't think I would be into, uh, but I, I gave it a shot, and I can tell you I have lost track to the number of hours and the number of times I've looked at my, my phone or my clock and been like, uh, holy shit, what? it's 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> uh, you know, and I'm still building a stadium or building a house or whatever in Minecraft. It's just, it's one of those games that is so simple and so simplistic that if I'm in the mood to play something and I don't know what to play, that's usually my go-to because I can just dive right into it. Mm -hmm. Do you, uh, so I, I'm sure everybody knows, but Minecraft is kind of this open-ended thing. It's, it's almost more like a toy than a game because you create structures and it's like a Lego set, but you um, break down elements to mine them and then craft, hence mine and craft into other yeah. things. But, uh, you can play other people's uh, games that they've created in Minecraft where there's goals and things, or you can kill zombies or you can do all kinds of different things. How do you tend to play it one particular way or do you do different things? I, I tend to go solo when I play. Um, I have played with other people before, but I usually tend to just play solo. Um, <clears throat> when I mention things I, lo I lose track of, you know, when it comes to the number of hours I've played and the number of times I've, I've played late into the night, one of the other things I've lost track of is how many projects I've started and not finished <laughs> because I always think of something bigger and better once I've started. I'll get like halfway, three-fourths of the way through one project, and I'll, I'll think of something bigger and better I want to build, uh -huh. and I'll completely abandon that other one and go start the, the new one. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, well, that my relationship with that game is mostly through my son. I mean, I saw my friend's kids playing Minecraft, and I just didn't get it. I'm like, wait, there's no goal? Like, what do you... I wanted to get it, but I didn't really get it. And and not until Nico started playing was I like, wow, the kids, kids really jump into this because they don't have any preconceived notions of what a game needs to be. And it just lets them play. It feels like play and be really creative. And that's amazing. I love that because, you know, a lot of games are just about killing. And this game has some killing if you want, but 
it's more about being creative and I just love how creative Nico is in it. And, and it's just been such a huge game. I mean, Microsoft bought it from the independent developer for, I think $3 billion. And, uh, it's just been a huge game over the last decade. So I think it's a great one to start off with. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. My number 10, I don't know if you played this until dawn. I have not, but I've heard great things about it. It's interesting. Cause when you, when I first saw the, the trailers and stuff, it just looked like a cheesy 80s slasher thing with a choose your own adventure twist. And that's exactly what it did end up being, but in the best way, <laughs> I mean, you, there's all these teenage characters and you're in this, uh, cabin on a mountain, a snowy mountain. Oh, I have, I have played until dawn. That's, uh, with Hayden Penetier. Yeah. And, uh, yes, I have, I haven't finished it, but I have played the it. dude from shield and it's, it's Brad Dalton. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, it's very cinematic and the characters are strong and it, it really just drew me in and, it starts slow, actually, pretty slow, a little too slow. But when it does start building, it's you don't know whether it's uh, th- there's this kind of a slasher character in it, like a Jason type character. But then there's some supernatural stuff going on, and it builds really fantastically. And all the um, there's six characters that you can play. They're all I think teenagers or early twenties, and they get separated, of course, and it really builds fantastically and it gets crazier and scarier. And there's this butterfly effect where depending on what you do, what choices you make, it can affect the outcome kind of like telltale games. Only I feel like this is way more effective because telltale kind of gives you the illusion of being able to impact the story, but just small things change. But in, in this game, you start off with these six, I think, characters. And by the end, any combination of them can be alive or dead. And it's just, uh, it, it really, really drew me in. It's like playing a movie more than most games that I've ever played. So I really love that game. And it's a game that really promotes a lot of replayability, too. Because yeah. there's so many different options. There's so many different opportunities to change the mm-hmm. ending that you can just dive right back into it and you know, get a completely different story the next time you play it just by making different decisions. Yeah. And also like a lot of horror movies, a lot of the characters aren't all that likable. So you might actually play it and get them killed on purpose. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen a lot of people do that. I think there's a, um, it's not a sequel to until dawn, but there's another game at man of meat, meeting or Medin. Yes. I think so, it's, it's by the same same developer. Yeah. So this is Supermassive Games, and they're obsessed with horror and cinematic horror games. And so because Until Dawn was so successful, they decided to do this anthology series called the Dark Pictures Anthology. And the first one came out, and they're similar games in that they're cinematic, but they're based on different horror concepts. And they're shorter games, so they can try to do more in a shorter period of time. So the first one's called Man of Medan, and it's this ghost ship. That's it. And I played it and it was great. It wasn't as good as Until Dawn, but it was pretty fun. And you can play with another person remotely. So where you're both playing different characters, doing things at the same time. And uh, it's really fun because you can get possessed and you're like attacking your friend and they don't know it's (laughs) you. And (laughs) so anyway, um, uh, then the next one coming out supposedly sometime this year is called Little Hope, which looks like kind of a witch, witch in the woods kind of a thing. So I'm definitely going to keep playing these. They're, they're really cool. You have to play the next one. Yeah. Okay. Number nine. Uh, number nine. I'm actually going to go with Mass Effect 2. Uh, came back. It came out in about 
2000, uh, 2010. So be- uh, beginning of the decade, right? At the turn of the decade. And this is one of the first really like lengthy RPG kind of games that I played with the exception of Final Fantasy VII, uh, you know, back in the 90s. Um, the, the I think the late 90s back on, I think, PlayStation 2 mm-hmm. when that came out. But this is another one of those ones where... You know, you can choose the character that you play, and the story was just so driven. It's been so long since I've played it, but it's been a game that has really stuck with me the entire time to the point where if they decided to ever remaster it, uh, you know, sort of, again, like the same way they're doing with Final Fantasy VII, I would jump right back in and play it. Mm. And I don't, and you know, Mass Effect 4 has since come out, 3 and 4, and I've played them both, and none of them have lived up to mass effect too it's just, it's just a game that's just stuck with me yeah i played it i i missed these ga- i mean you can't play every game and there's tons of games that i was curious about and didn't get around to and this is one of the ones i was more curious about it's like a space opera kind of a thing yeah right? yeah, yeah exactly yeah and uh uh yeah i know with three it seemed like people were disappointed with the ending and then the next one like andromeda came out and got, got lukewarm reviews but yeah i know people love these games and uh I, do you, so you know another RPG that I've also been curious about is Knights of the Old Republic. Oh, the Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, that's supposed to be really good too. That's another one I've never played before. Hmm. Yeah, gotta try some of these out. Cool. Okay, Mass Effect. My number nine is one that I know you've played, and it's Spider Man. Oh, on my list. <laughs> <laughs> I, knew it. I, I mean, I lo- I've always loved Spider Man, but. I've never been all that excited about playing a, a superhero game for some reason. I don't know. Maybe because most superhero games aren't that good. Until the Batman games came along, they tended to generally not be that great. But this game is incredible. It It's the best representation of New York City in any game I've ever played. Basically, you get to be Spider-Man. You go, you're in New York. You swing around. The physics are awesome. The web You can't actually shoot a web up into the sky and swing like in other Spider-Man games. You have to attach your web to a building. And the landmarks are all there, Statue of Liberty and Central Park and everything. And this it's not actually Freedom Tower, but it's like supposed to take the place of Freedom Tower, right? That big, tall yeah. building. Yeah. And there's landmarks from the Marvel Universe like Avengers Tower and Doctor Strange's Sanctum Sanctorium and all those and I mean, the feel of it is great. The detail of the city is amazing and it's fully, there's people everywhere and you can like go around and give them high fives and stuff. And the story, which was co-written by Dan Slott, who's one of the best Spider-Man writers in recent years. And it really, fe- you can tell cause it feel it has the feel of a great Spider-Man story. Peter Parker struggling in his personal life and they don't rehash the origin. He's older here in his twenties, which I like. It's relatively unexplored time of his life in games. And it's just fires on all cylinders. It's fun to play. It's a great story. If you're a comic geek, especially you can't miss this game. It's so good. I think it's only on PlayStation, right? It is. It's a PlayStation four exclusive. Yeah. That's why PlayStation's the best. Oh, don't even get started. I know. I'm going to get some feel <laughs> on that one. Anyway, I, I, I totally love this game. I, I, this is a game that I just kept on playing even after I finished it because it was just so fun to be in the world. 
And um, the only reason why I stopped playing it is because Bodhi started getting called the hitter at daycare because he, he was taking after the game. And he oh. kept saying, I want Spider-Man. And then he would just, as I was playing, I saw him just getting more and more aggressive. So I had to stop playing. <laughs> kind of had to back away from it for a yeah. little bit. So anyway, so. that's my number nine. What's your number eight? I'm, you know what? It's it. Spider-Man's on my list. Yeah, so I'm, just gonna, it, yeah. I'm just going right. to piggyback off of that and, and make that my number eight. And you're right. I mean, the story is, it's one of the best stories of a video game that I've played out in a long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I can't, I can't tell you the last time I ended up getting choked up at a video game story. I mean, and that just screams volumes about this story. I mean, there's emotion to it. There's humor to it. You're right. It, it just completely bypasses the origin story. It jumps right into it. I mean, your first fight in the game is with Kingpin. I mean, it's it <laughs> jumps right into the nostalgia of the game. It introduces new characters like Miles Morales and such, which I really hope he becomes a playable character in the sequel. It, it's just... I bet he will, yeah. Th- That'd be cool. There's there's so much to it. There's cutscenes after the credits, typical of any kind of Marvel property. I, I mean, I would honestly put the spider the story that that game tells. I would put it up there with the movies in the MCU. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I think um, maybe I don't know. This is just a suspicion of mine, but when they were making the game, because it takes forever to make these games, Andrew Garfield was still Spider Man, and I feel like this character kind of reminds me of him what do you think i i can see that a little bit <laughs> a little bit um, with his hair and yeah. just his attitude and everything uh, yeah but uh for certain but uh it, what i like is the people look real like the women aren't porn stars they just look like real women mary jane is in it and their relationship is a part of the story but it feels more natural and real than most games yeah yeah, it's just that's that that was one. This was the one that I mentioned at the top of the at the top of the pro, the podcast that we uh, you and I have talked about quite a bit. Yeah, it's just a great it's a great story. It's like I said, on many levels, it's really, really fun. Uh, and I love the fighting too. how as you learn the skill that takes some skill, you don't just button mash. You have to do deliberate moves and, and you get to be creative with it, though, and try different moves like you can swing things at people or you can web them to posts or you can jerk them up in the air and punch them out. And you do these combinations of moves and then you get more moves available to you as your personal skill uh, increases. So you just feel like you're this symphony of violence that you're doling out on all these crooks in New York. <laughs> yeah. Really did you, funny. did you have a favorite suit that you like to wear? Cause you yeah. unlock all these different suits as you play it. That's dude. another thing. And they're all suits that are from actual Spider-Man stories in the comics in different places. You can be the sixties cartoon Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> Which was fun to play. Yeah. But I liked the sleek black and green one kind of day glow neon green spider with a black suit yeah i was a big fan of the um the scarlet spider one which yeah. was the uh the, the red suit with the blue hoodie yeah that's always been a yeah. great costume yeah yeah <laughs> okay my number eight is I, I don't you may not have even heard this game it's called the witness no i haven't this game is um it, it kind of looks like mist in a way that old 90s game where you're on this what's similar is you're on this kind of abandoned island that has all these beautiful and kind of um, 
worn down structures uh, and you have to solve puzzles. But the weird thing is if you hear about the gameplay, which I'll just tell you, and I heard, I thought, ah, that sounded kind of limited and boring because it's, it's basically one type of puzzle. You find all these different grids of dots and you have to draw lines from one side to the other to solve these puzzles. And I'm like, well, that sounds like it might be fun for a second, but I don't know. But then it kept getting all these rave reviews in these articles and things and even got game of the game of the year on some sites. So I'm like, man, I got to check this out. And it, I played it and it, it, the atmosphere is really kind of mysterious and even scary sometimes. And the island is beautiful. These oversaturated colors, gorgeously rendered. And, but the real draw is the gameplay because it doesn't teach you it doesn't tell you anything in text or voiceover you learn just by exploring and all these puzzles they look similar but you realize they're they're different in different areas of the island there's mazes there's ones where you have to draw a line that intersects with all these dots on the puzzle there's ones where you need to look at clues in the environments like you look at the puzzle and it's just these like lines that branch off but then you look over at this tree and you see the same number of branches on the tree but one of the branches has an apple on it so then you trace the line to that branch on the puzzle and then you win the puzzle so you just have to figure out how to do it and as you go along you can find a series of puzzles in a row that teach a mechanic so the first one is incredibly simple and then the second one's a little more complicated until you get to the last one and it's super complicated but you never would have been able to figure out the last one unless you did them all in a row. So it just, I, I'm really, I think it's really appealing that the game kind of teaches you how to play it as you go along. <laughs> and even, even now I feel like I'm not really doing it justice, but it's, I, I, that was one that really hooked me. You know, some games you play for a while and then you just kind of yeah. drift off and don't finish it. I've got several like that, but this one was one that I got hooked in and I just couldn't not play it until I finished it all the way through. Well, I can tell you, you had you had me when you said Mist because that's a game that I I grew up loving. Yeah. Um. You know, I even replayed it. I bought it on uh, I bought it on Steam not too long ago and replayed it. Um. And it's I've 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 played it so many times that like I bought it on Steam and I finished it literally in a day. Um. You like do that one? Do you, that you know, one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I remembered how to do all the puzzles from before. Um, but it's funny because, you know, when you mention a game like The Witness, I automatically start thinking like dark and gloomy and things like that. And I'm looking at screenshots of the game now and it's very bright and vibrant and it completely threw me. Yeah. Um, yeah. The look of know? it is so it, it doesn't necessarily feel like it's necessary for it to look that way, but somehow it really added to it for me. It's just beautiful to be in that world. I just wrote it down. Yeah, I'm going to have to check it yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely check it out. Let me know what you think. I'm curious. Yeah, for sure. Okay, number seven. Uh, number seven, I'm going to bring this one up now. I'm sure this one was probably on your list as well. Um, but Telltale's The Walking Dead Season 1. Oh, yeah. Season um, 1 was the best, it, too. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've, I've played through Seasons 1 and 2. I haven't played through any of the other ones yet. But this was... I was already a fan of the Telltale games, um... You know, there was a Telltale Jurassic Park. There was a Telltale Back to the Future. Um, you know, uh, The Wolf Among Us was another Telltale game that I liked. But I was really surprised and really pleased by The Walking Dead. Um, you know, just the character developments of of the story that was being told. It felt like a, you know, if you were kind of, 
what's the word? Um, if you were kind of oversaturated with The Walking Dead and zombies and everything, this was, even though it was a universe we were already familiar with, it was kind of a fresh take yeah. in that universe, in the story that was being told with Clementine and these new characters. Um, and I just grew to really love it, and I couldn't wait. Anytime I would finish a chapter, I couldn't wait to jump into mm-hmm. the next one. Because it was released episodically, so I think it was five yeah. episodes, so you had to wait on a cliffhanger a few times. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, and it's one of those ones that I've actually gone through and played twice just to make different decisions to see. Yeah. And, and you you kind of mentioned it before, the ending is always kind of the same. The ultimate ending is kind of similar, um, no matter which path you take. There's obviously some differences. There are, yeah. Which which characters survive and whatnot. Right. But I would still try to differ things as much as possible my next playthrough just to kind of get a little bit of a variation. Yeah. I mean, the the choices you make in Telltale games, I mean, there's some really crucial choices that are about actions, but uh, mostly it's what you're going to say to people because you get this choice of different things you can say to respond to people. And yeah. I... Um, I find it really uncomfortable to say the nasty thing. I do too. <laughs> I'm the same way. I always want to be the hero or be liked, but, you know, but, but, but this is a game. You should like get over that and, and just try being yeah, rude sometimes. Be a, be a dick every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. And you no, know, and totally. And that's one of the things that I did. Like the first time I played it through, I played it through as if I was myself. What decisions would I make? And then the second playthrough, you just have fun with it. Like, no, right. I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna help you. I think I'm just gonna let you fend for yourself, you know, and, <laughs> and things like that. Yeah, yeah. This one is definitely on my list, and um, I've talked about it a lot on the podcast and everything. But I, I think I approached it as, oh, cool. You know, they make it look like the comic, the way the characters are drawn. So I'm like, all right, it's like playing a comic book. That'll that. Hopefully that'll be fun. We even had a couple of the writers on the podcast to interview them beforehand. But then when you get into it, you find yourself just, first of all, you have, you're faced with these horrific decisions where you have to decide sometimes which of two characters dies or whether you're going to chop somebody's leg off to try to save them. And you only have a few seconds to make the decision. So I was like, oh shit. And then, and then on top of that emotion, you're also just so bonded to the two main characters, Clementine and Lee by the end of it that, yeah, that moment for me, I think I cried at the end. For sure. Oh, I definitely, I definitely got emotional at it. But you're right. I mean, there's there's those moments where you're playing through and you're li- you're reading and you're listening to the dialogue and you hear one character and in the back of your mind you're thinking, oh, he's got a point. And then the other person's talking and you're like, oh, well, they got a point. Yeah. And then the next action is you have to choose between the two. I'm like, wait, I don't, don't want to choose between them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I only have five seconds to choose. This isn't fair. Right. And then also you. Um, if you if you fuck up, you can die horrifically, and you have to watch. Well, in that first game, you're playing Lee, so you have to watch this guy you've been playing get chopped, his head chopped off, or getting bit by a zombie or <laughs> yeah. something. Oh, I feel so bad. <laughs> yeah, it's but it. I mean, and that's one of the things that I think really makes it a great game, and it's one of the reasons why it's on my list for yeah of the decade, top yeah. ten of the decade. Yeah, and I'm I'm really happy that this game is so good, you know, because I do this walking dead podcast and for them to have made a game that was so great is, is really cool. I'm glad they did. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my number seven is inside, which is another indie game. It's by a company called play dead, which is like three people or something. And it's, it's, 
it's uh it doesn't give you much to go on when you start it's it's a side scrolling so you're only go- moving left and right and you're this boy at night running in this uh w- in the woods from these faceless men and if they catch you they'll brutally beat you and you see blood spurt out it and it's like oh fuck can't let them catch me and then so you run and you have to jump to get away from them over this river and they send their dogs after you and there's these weird pods in the forest and you don't know what they're for and it, as you go along the game gets weirder and weirder there's these pile of dead pigs but then one suddenly comes to life and then you pull this weird wormy thing out of its tail basically and then it flops down dead and you're like what the hell is going on here and as you go the atmosphere is really dark and edgy and but beautiful and um the music is eerie and there's some parts that are really terrifying this underwater creature with it's basically just this humanoid with that's naked but the art style such that you don't see much detail with long hair and if it grabs you it just crushes the air out of you and you drown so it's just got all this weird stuff and then by the end it's the weirdest thing I've ever seen in a game at the end that no one would ever be able to predict. <laughs> so, and then it has this, I think it really makes you think because it's one of those stories I don't usually like, but in this case, I loved it where it's not clear what the hell's going on even by the end, but there's kind of this meta story about agency in games at play. I think it really made me think a lot, which I appreciated. So this, yeah, ever since I played that a few years ago, it's been one of my favorite games. It, it's one I haven't had the chance to play yet, but I know the same developers may also made another game called Limbo. Yeah. Um, which it's I similar to Limbo. Fan. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, I was a big fan of Limbo. So yeah. I just, I, and I haven't just haven't had an opportunity yet to, uh, to play inside i recommend it one cool thing about this game is it takes maybe five to seven hours to finish so it's not too much of a time commitment oh that's yeah that's like a day or two playthrough yeah yeah so that I, I always appreciate that that's another reason why i haven't started some of these games that i might otherwise is it's just like a skyrim i've always wanted to play but i know it's like uh, it takes a year to finish it or it's massive <laughs> okay number six well, it's funny that you bring up Skyrim <laughs> <laughs> because that is actually on my list. Cool. Um, yeah, so Skyrim back from uh, 2011. It's uh, Elder Scrolls. I think Part Five was uh, is is what, which one Skyrim was. And I have played. Um, oh God, for the life of me, I can't remember what Elder Scrolls Four was. Oblivion, maybe. Oblivion. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Um, which I was a fan of, but Skyrim kind of just took it to a whole nother level. Um, you know, the open world of it was like, I think four times the size of oblivion. Uh, you know, there were so many side missions in it. And that's one of the reasons why it takes so long is because I'm one of the people, I'm one of those kind of players. I get very easily distracted by side missions. (laughs) And do you want Uh, to complete it all if you can, right? Oh, I'm a total completionist when it comes to games. I think I heard you say that once before. Spider-Man, I was the same way. Mm -hmm. Spider-Man is the first game I ever got every medal for PlayStation on uh, because I completed every side mission, unlocked every possible thing I could do. And Skyrim is so openly massive that even for a completionist like myself, you get to a point where you're like, okay, this is too much. I just have to finish the story (laughs) and move on. Um, I feel like there's a programmer at, was it Bethesda? 
Bethesda. Going, yeah. Yes, we we crushed him. <laughs> so <laughs> we bro- we broke his will. <laughs> so uh, in that game, I I've seen I had a friend who was playing it, and I watched him a little bit. But it's kind of like a Dungeons and Dragons style game, right? But can yeah. you be a, any class, or how does that work? How do you can you do magic? Yeah, there's there's multiple classes, and obviously, just like in D and D, some of them have their strengths uh, as opposed to others. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can be a warrior who you know, obviously, you can level up your your sword skills better. Right. But uh, but the cool thing about it is that even as a warrior or a paladin, whatever it is, whatever it's called in Skyrim, it's been a while since I've played it. You can still use magic. You can still use what's in the game. What uh, in the game is called shouts, which are like spells that you are verbal spells that you use okay that do certain things that you actually learn from killing dragons or uh, from killing dragons and reading runes on rocks uh which are usually guarded by dragons that's where the killing dragons comes in okay um but yeah you know and it's one of those games that like eventually like i said i kind of my will was broken i'm like all right i just want to finish <laughs> the main story and move on and then they released elder scrolls online it's just like a continuation of this world, but it's totally open and it's never ending. What and do you I, do? I've, just fight other people or do quests with them? Like, yeah, you do quests with them. It, it's that's actually kind of what it is. Uh-huh. It's kind of like Skyrim meets Warcraft. Okay, cool. Meets World of Warcraft. Right, right, right. Cool. Yeah, I've been curious about that one, and I I almost bought the VR version the other day, but I don't know if it would be great to play that in VR. It might be fun to try it, but I don't know about playing the whole thing. Yeah, I, I, I feel the same way. I, I've seen it before. I've even almost bought it. I know there's a there's a version of Skyrim on Nintendo Switch now. And that mm-hmm. was kind of like, ooh, I can take Skyrim with me wherever I go now. Right. Uh, that I almost bought, which I if I do end up, I still own it for Xbox, obviously. And I, if I do end up buying it again, it would be on Switch. On Switch, so I can, yeah. So I can play it wherever. It's amazing what they can fit on that little thing with the little I know. cartridges. A massive game like that. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, my number six is The Walking Dead. We've already talked about that. So what's your number five? Uh, my number five, I'm actually going to stick with Switch uh, on this one. And I'm going to go with The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Amazing. Oh, man. it's <laughs> it, it's a It was a revisit to a to a world that I grew up in, you know, from the original Legend of Zelda on the NES. Because to... you guys might not know this, but Ben is actually from Hyrule. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm just kidding. I know. I knew. I knew what you were getting at when I said world no. I grew up in. No, we played the ga- uh, Zelda games on the Nintendo entertainment system and all that. Yeah. I mean, like even like Link's Awakening, which they mm-hmm. recently just re-released on Switch and I haven't gotten yet, but I want to. Um, you know, Octarian of Time, or Carrion of Time, and like all, so many of these great games, it had been a while since they had released anything, you know, in this universe. Mm-hmm. Um, and man, did they knock it out of the park with this game. It was the, it was the, re- it was honestly my reasoning for buying a Switch mm-hmm. was what, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. What an amazing, I mean, yeah, the so Nintendo had the Wii, which was a huge hit, but then people started to feel like it was a bit of a fad swinging your controllers around. And then they came out with the Wii U, which was this weird concept that didn't quite fly. And it was kind of a, I think it was a flop. 
and people thought, ah, oh, Nintendo's sort of on the downswing here. And then they came out with the Switch, and it really hit, and it was awesome, and we have one. And I always remind my son that it's mine, not his. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and what a great game to come out with. It was a launch game, right, on the Switch? Yeah, and yeah, it was available it's, at launch. I, I feel like this game is one of it's going to go down as one of the best games ever made. That's how much I like it. I, I'm not going to disagree with you. It's just <laughs> it's it's one of those games that I would very, very quickly and easily jump back into to play yeah. to, to replay it from the beginning. I mean, yeah, that's a game that I finished and I did a lot of exploring, too. But still, I feel like there's so much more to explore in that world. I'm tempted to go back in and check out some of the areas I never got to. Yeah, same here. So it's on my list, so I'll talk about it a little bit too. I mean, it's uh, if you've never played Zelda, it's it's got a lot of the charm. That's one thing about Zelda; it's so charming, and uh, you, you basically you're this um, young hero who needs to defeat this big evil guy named Ganon, and that's pretty much almost every Zelda game, but uh, <clears throat> at least the ones I know about. But uh, you're in this fantasy world, but this one really set itself apart because it's open world. So you can go anywhere almost right from the very beginning. And it, and it, it's just so big and the, it's all about the physics of it. You can throw things and you have this, uh, the hang gliding thing that, and yeah. you climb, you climb anything, you climb up these huge mountains, you get so high that it's really cold that if you don't have the right, uh, gear on you can die because it's too cold but anyway you just jump off and hang glide over these amazing vistas and it's just beautiful to look at there's all these different kinds of monsters and and there's some really eerie areas like one of my favorites is the big mazes with these big giant tall i guess stone walls and it feels like you're in some horror movie when you're in those but uh, I don't know. There's so much to talk oh, about with this game. Th- those things have killed me so many times. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it just, Before you finally realize how to beat them. Right. Or it can be really dramatic. Like you're out on this plane and it starts, there's weather systems. So it can be really sunny or it can be nighttime and, and raining and you see lightning crash down. And if you're wielding a metal shield or sword, you might get struck by lightning and electrocuted. And it's like, and you drop all your weapons <laughs> and seize up. <laughs> and the, this, this gameplay is really fun and the tight feel of the controls and all that. So I really like it. I guess uh, I haven't actually watched this, but there's YouTube videos of really skilled players just going straight to Ganon right from the beginning of the game and defeating him right away. Where's the fun in that? Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of takes away the the purpose of the game. Right, right. It's pretty. You know, funny. I'm 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 one of those people. I love building up my character to yeah. you know. I don't. I don't want to go right to the boss fight. That's there's no fun in that. No, 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 no. You build up your character. Good game. Okay. <laughs> yeah. What's your? Where are we now? I think it's my turn. Number five. So my number five is Red Dead Redemption, which just barely makes it. it came out in 2010, and it's this beautiful old west game, and it's made by the same company that did Grand Theft Auto. So if you've ever seen Grand Theft Auto, you're in these big cities and you go around and steal cars and complete missions and things. But instead in red dead redemption, you're um, in this wide open spaces in the West, these big 
rolling fields and mountains and things and you have your horse and it's just really beautiful and you're this gunslinger and i mean i just liked riding around on my horse at night and this really haunting old west music they got this great soundtrack good atmosphere but then you're you're a gunslinger so you go on these missions where you have to um rob banks or defeat gang members or different things like that and uh it, it has a similar coolness to it as as the mandalorian in a way which was a sort of modeled on old west i feel like the character of john marston in red dead redemption reminds me of the mandalorian a little bit kind of the strong silent type and uh i i can see that yeah and 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 there's this great slow motion mechanic that lets you target a bunch of bad guys and then shoot them all so it's really satisfying i think it's the dead eye mechanic isn't it yeah 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 and and i played um Red Dead Redemption 2 is one of the games that I played but didn't finish. And part of that was also because of Bodhi because he was like, play pew, pew, pew. And I'm like, oh, great. My son's (laughs) watching me gun down all these people. (laughs) So I had to stop. But I I also didn't find it as good. I know a lot of people think it's better. But for me, the story wasn't as clear. And I wasn't getting attached to the main character like I did with John Marston in Red Dead Redemption. I don't know. Did you play either one of those? I did. I played the fir- I played them both. Um, and Red Dead, Rede- Red Dead Redemption Two is actually on my list. Okay, um, cool. It, so I mean, it, I want to finish it, my... it for sure. I want to go back to it. Yeah, I'll just make it my number four actually while okay. we're while we're into it. But it's yeah, it's you know one of my favorite things about the original Red Dead Redemption Two was the DLC that came out. Yeah. Um, the Undead Redemption. Yeah. Uh, so which fun. I thought was amazing. Which is basically zombies in the old west. Yeah. <laughs> Which was so and much fun. What's uh, great slash sucks about that one is the dead eye mechanic doesn't work the same, so you can't automatically target the <laughs> zombies. You have to actually aim for their heads. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, that was great. Um, but you know, I I was a fan of, of Red Dead Redemption Two. It's um you know the updated graphics I think were gorgeous yes. in the game itself. Totally. And let me say I'm know, a fan too. I just it, I didn't love it as much, but I liked it a lot, and I want to get back to it. Yeah, that's it, completely understandable. Mm. But, you know, there were moments in the game where you actually go back and revisit certain areas from the original Red Dead Redemption. And and it's know, a prequel, the, again, so you see some of the same characters yeah. younger. Yeah, you see John Marston, uh, a younger version of him as well. And it's, you know, it's one of those things. It's, you know, it again, it's, it's kind of similar to Oblivion to into Skyrim in that the world opened up. In the second one, the world was so much bigger in Red Dead Redemption 2. There was so much more to explore Mm -hmm. that I just, I had a blast doing it. And, you know, there were times where I was impatient. And again, I try being the good guy. Like, you know, I try not to get a bounty on my head for doing certain things. Right. And then there are other times where I'm just like, you know what, to hell with it. I need a horse. I'm going to take yours. And... (laughs) You know, you just either rip the guy off off of his horse or you shoot him in the back as he passes by (laughs) and you take his horse. Yeah. And that's what's fun about those um, rock star games is you can do pretty much anything you want. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Well, uh, the guy in Red Dead Redemption 2 is Arthur Morgan. I I just wasn't I I only played I think about 15 or 20 percent of it so far but I wasn't feeling that attached to him and I wondered if you know I keep playing will I get more attached to him 
do you think? I think so. Yeah. Um, I, I think there's definitely his arc is a, is an interesting one. Um, and it's definitely there's definitely fulfillment by the end. Cool. Um, it probably just takes because I think the gameplay is a little longer than the original Red Dead Redemption. Takes I think a while. it's um, it just takes a little longer for you to get that attachment. And because every time I saw John Marston, I was like, I want to be him. I think I had a man crush on him or something. <laughs> so my number four was Zelda, which we already talked about. What's your number three? Uh, my number three, I'm going to stick with the world of, uh, of Rocksteady and I'm going Grand Theft Auto five. Nice. This, um, you know, I know not everybody would possibly agree with how much fun these games can be because, you know, it <laughs> can is be brutal. It, they can be brutal. I mean, it is murder and, you know, prostitution and theft and you're basically a criminal. That's exactly what you are in this game. Um, but you know what? I I have a ton of fun with these games, and they just keep getting the scope of these games just keep getting bigger and bigger. I remember the original Grand Theft Auto game, which was a uh, a point of view from above, you know, and it was just uh, cars. cars. Yeah. yeah, and occasionally you got out of the car, but you were just this little little figure that just went from car to car, and it was like pixelated and- Nintendo, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, it's amazing to see where these games have come. From. You know, when you look at where they started, it's amazing to look at where they've, wh- how far they've come and to the point that they've gotten. And the game itself, I still think is a ton of fun to play, especially now with like the on the online element. Um, you know, it keeps the game open world and it just keeps the game going. And I still have a blast playing. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to Grand Theft Auto 6, which I know is in development now. Yeah. Yeah, I played the hell out of Grand Theft Auto 4. That's the only one I've played all the way through with Nico Bellic in their version of New York City, which is almost as good as Spider-Man, but not quite. But pretty yeah. awesome, pretty amazing for the time. And I loved it. And uh, Grant, I always meant to play GTA 5, but I've, I just haven't gotten to it. I've played, again, like about 15 or 20%, and I loved it. But I, it, it's the problem with having kids is you can't be playing these violent games kids around but uh i mean i love that uh you know you play three different characters and one of them is this crazy psychopath whose yeah, name is trevor, trevor. who's played yep. by Stephen Ogg, who's simon in the walking dead although this mm-hmm. game came out before he pl- became simon and then when he became simon i'm like oh i gotta play that so i can talk to him about it if i interview him and i just never got to it so i i still studied up on it and when i would do panels with him i would ask him Grand Theft Auto questions, but I, I guess in five you're in kind of their version of Los Angeles. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And it's like you drive around the city and you see all the different parts of LA and you go on these missions and then there's all these shootouts and flying helicopters and it's just so fully, the world is so fully realized. You walk around and you can hear people having their conversations and you can hear all these different radio stations in in your car and you can go inside a comedy club and somebody will actually be doing their routine. Yep. (laughs) It's just incredible. Yeah. They're, they're so immersive that it's just, they, again, they, they're just games that are fun to play. Yeah. That's one that that's another one that I, intend to finish i think even above red dead redemption 2 i want to get to grand theft auto 5 yeah okay my number three is the resident evil 2 remake did you play that i know i still need to play it (laughs) are you interested 
Oh, absolutely I am. I love I love the original Resident Evil games. Yes, me too. When Resident Evil 2, the original, came out in 1998, I had been kind of taking a break from video games, so I kind of missed the PlayStation when it first came out. My reference was Nintendo, which was more 8-bit graphics. And so... And, and I was trying to get my career started and everything, but my buddy, my roommate had it and I'm like, oh, I'll check this out. He's been all excited about this zombie game. And in the very first scene, first of all, I wasn't used to seeing the characters look so good. Now they look shitty in comparison, but back then <laughs> they looked amazing because they're more, um, they're just larger and more detailed and everything. But you're, you're immediately uh, left in this fiery crash and you get out and they're, you're surrounded by zombies and the controls are super awkward, which is kind of a feature of the game because it makes you feel like you're in a horror movie. And then y- y- you, you don't have enough skill to get out of that when you first start. So you just get eaten right away. And then it, the graphic shows all these zombies converge on you and <laughs> chomp you and then blood spurts out and it says you have died. And that's your first 30 seconds in the game. <laughs> yep. And I was like, what the fuck? This is not Mario. What the hell's going on with these games? <laughs> and so I was hooked in and I, I played it so much that I was just thinking about zombies all the time when I wasn't playing it. <clears throat> One of those kind of things. Yeah. So when I heard that Resident Evil 2 was being remade, I was excited uh, because it's one of my favorite all time. It's my favorite. Uh, it was my favorite zombie thing, even ahead of the walking dead. Um, but I also was like scared that they would fuck it up, but they didn't, they totally, I mean, they went above and beyond because it's, it's, uh, if you played the first one, you'll recognize everything, but it's just a c- complete revamp too, with modern graphics and different, um, story elements and different it's got puzzles uh but it but what i loved about those older resident evil games and i feel like resident evil went off the tracks it became more of an action game but early on it was i agree yeah you you barely have any ammo and you shoot the zombies a couple of times and they stagger and then they still come after you and you're like shoot but uh it's scary and they can jump out at you from around the corner and the atmosphere is really scary and it builds up tension. So it's, you're playing a horror movie basically. And I just, I just love it. And I feel like the zombies in resident evil two, even though, um, I have another zombie game on my list that's ahead of this, the zombies in resident evil two are my favorite zombies I've ever played in, in any game. I, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think that, you know, the resident evil games kind of revamped, because you're right, it was before Walking Dead or um, Dead Rising, which is another game that I loved. Yeah. Um, you know, it was ahead of all of them. It kind of revamped the the zombie gaming genre. Yeah. A little bit. It did. I mean, the first Resident Evil was when I think they first coined the term survival horror that, you know, now is a whole genre in video games. And uh, it, yeah, it just makes you feel like you're in a George Romero movie, which is what I uh, want. Yeah, I remember one of my biggest fears of playing the first one, which I I actually own the Resident Evil remake and I haven't played through yet. It's great um, too. I, I want to. Yeah, it's it's on my list. Like I said, I bought it when it came out and I haven't played it yet. But, you know, one of the things I remember the most about originally playing the first game was, you know, getting into the mansion and taking out like the first two or three zombies and realizing I have like three bullets left. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, and and just thinking, how the hell am I going to get through this game? 
if it's taking me that much just to kill yeah. these beginning guys. <laughs> and it, it's like you shoot them like three or four times in the head and then they fall over and you're like, thank God. And then they start getting back up. <laughs> yep. like, God damn it. <laughs> exactly. They, they announced recently that they're, that a Resident Evil 3 remake is coming out, mm-hmm. I think, in April. So I'm like, yeah, right on. Pump those suckers out. I'm totally yeah, going to play I'll, it. I'm going to have to get through. I, I think they might have to stop there, though. Yeah. Because I, th- I, I think after Resident Evil 3, the original, is where they kind of started to get off track a little bit. Yeah. I mean, the interesting thing is Resident Evil 4 came out with Leon, who's also the star of 2. But instead of it being a horror game, it was more action horror. And yeah. it was the most popular, I think, still to this day of the series. And it was great, but it just didn't have that horror feel. And then the subsequent games went more in that direction and they weren't as good. And so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Number two. Number two. Um, I am actually going to go with God of War, mm. which was the uh, the most recent iteration of the game. Uh, came out in 2018, I believe, uh, mm-hmm. towards the end of 2018. This was just, man, visually, the game is stunning. Story-wise, the game is phenomenal. You know, you're, you're, you're getting a revisit to Kratos, but it's been later. You know, he has a son now who joins you on the adventure. This game was just, it's a masterpiece to me. Um you know, it, and when I come, when I said I didn't have any particular order of my games, these last two games I wanted to make sure I saved for mm. the top of the list. And I have a feeling my number one is probably also one of your top two. Mm. Um, yeah, <laughs> but it's but God of War is another one of those games that I just I, I don't think they're ever going to do any DLC for it. I think it's a straight up story. I think the produ- the production team has already said there's not going to be any DLC. This is the story that you're getting until we make the next one. And uh, that was kind of a disappointment because I was so wrapped up in the story that I wanted a reason to go back to it. And I haven't had one yet other than to just start from the beginning, mm-hmm. which I may still do. That I'm glad you have this one because I, you know, so God of War, I've never played one, but... um you're this big bulky dude and you're fighting like basically monsters from Greek myths. Is that right? Yeah. Um, you know, you're fighting Medusa, you're fighting, you know, when you look at the, the games as a whole, I mean, you're, you know, you fight Hercules. Like there's so many different, so many different mythological things, elements to these games that they're just, and I think Kratos himself, if I remember the original games correctly, was a God okay. at one point. Um, who became mortal and is mortal in this in this newest game? So I mean, I, I've come to realize, even maybe even just recently, that games of just action fighting are, are I, I don't usually get that drawn into them. And th- these games look great to me, but it just didn't maybe seem like my thing. But then I kept seeing God of War, the this newest one, which is the fourth God of War game, actually, I guess. Um, mm-hmm on so many game of the year lists, just the top of the list. And yeah, they, the, most of the reviews said the main thing about it was just the relationship between Kratos and his son. And so that appeals to me because I do like good, really good storytelling. So, um, I don't know. I'm tempted. It keeps going on sale. I might want to try it out. I would, I would highly recommend it, yeah. especially if you can get it on sale. Yeah, I would, I would highly recommend it. How long is it? Um, is it super long? It's not super long. Okay. I think it took me 
Uh, so it's tough for me to. It's yeah, it's hard to, to determine, know, right? It's like it's a very twelve hours or something. It there's not a lot of open worldness to it. It's pretty straightforward and moves you along a path. Mm-hmm. Um, you can divert from that path from time to time, but very rarely. Um, so I mean, it's not like a Grand Theft Auto or or a um, Skyrim or anything like that, where it's going to take you forever. There aren't really many side missions. Yeah. It kind of just pushes you through the main story. I think there's a couple side missions, but nothing along the scope of some of those other games like Red Dead Redemption or anything like that. Yeah, cool. Okay, number two, which I suspect might be your number one, is Last of Us. Yes, it is. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So Last of Us, if you don't know, it's a post-apocalyptic story. It's beautifully rendered. Um, One of the things I really love about it, you you see... um, it's like 10 years in, I think. And so you see Boston 10 years later and you can see one of the big skyscrapers has just fallen over into the other one. And everything is uh, over run with foliage, which is something they can't do realistically as much in walking dead because they're shooting in locations where you can't just make the foliage grow. But in last of us, the video game, you can see like this whole freeway with cars, but they're all overgrown with grass and stuff. So it's just, beautiful to look at how they've realized this world and then there's uh they're not really zombies but they're just uh well they use the ophiocordyceps concept like in girl with all the gifts where there's this fungus in the air these spores and they infect you and it takes over your brain and after a while they turn into these even harder to kill creatures called clickers mm-hmm. and uh they're a pain in the ass and they're fast zombies so it's scary because They'll just come running at you and kill you. And it's hard. It's a hard game. But my favorite thing about it is the story. And it's this man, Joel, and and this girl, Ellie, traveling across the country to see if she... Well, I, I don't want to give away too much. But um, he's, he starts off standoffish because he's lost someone in his life and he doesn't want to get too close to anybody. But you, you see their relationship change over time. And that sounds cliched, but... The voice acting is so good. The acting, the the dialogue, the storytelling, that it just look, seems like class A, better than most movies, entertainment to me. And that's what I loved about it the most is that I got so attached to the characters and so drawn into the story and so moved by this game. This is probably the game that moved me emotionally more than any of the other games on this list. And that's why it's one of my favorite games ever. Plus it's a freaking zombie game. So it's pretty great. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, you mentioned the voice acting and stuff like too. And you mean you have Troy Baker who plays Joel and Troy Baker is like a legend in this, you know, in the industry of voice acting. Yeah. Yeah. Video game voice acting and stuff. Um, I find it very interesting too, that it's Ashley Johnson who does the voice of Ellie, even though she looks like Ellen Page. Yeah, it looks uh, just like her. Yeah, she looks identical to Ellen Page, <laughs> and that's they didn't get Ellen Page to voice her, which was kind of odd. Right. But you know, but Ashley Johnson still, was great. She was. Yeah. yeah, you're right. The story is magnificent. It's it's one of those ones that it's very rare that there's ever a video game I will watch and not play. But if I had to sit and watch somebody wa- play this game and not be able to play it myself, I would do it because yeah. the story is just that good. Absolutely. Yeah, I recommend. Like I've recommended this game over the years to listeners and some say, I'm just not a gamer. And I'm like, yeah, and this is a hard game. I mean, I died so many times in this game. So, but I, I say, Hey, go check it out on YouTube. I think you might enjoy it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's my number one. That's my number one game on this list is, um, I mean, 
I, I mentioned before how I bought a Switch purely for, you know, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I owned a PS3. I bought my PS3 purely for um, the original God of War series and the Uncharted series, because mm-hmm. I think the Uncharted games are another phenomenal set of games. Yeah. Um, and I was almost debating on when the, the next-gen consoles came out, when PlayStation 4 and Xbox One came out. I was like, eh, I'm going to get an Xbox One. I don't know if I'm going to get a PlayStation 4. I don't know if I want to have two next-gen consoles. And then I saw the trailer for The Last of Us. <laughs> and I was like, yep, I'm buying a PS4 purely so I can play this game because it is a PlayStation exclusive. Yeah, and it's worth it. <laughs> it's absolutely it's, worth it. It's great. And uh, there's a part two coming out. I think their latest projection is for May of this year. Yeah, which so, gets me excited because that means yeah. that it's it's not a next gen release, right? Nope, it's well, going to be it'll... on the PS4. And the, as um, it, whenever a new console comes out, it takes the developers a while to figure out how to make the best games for it. And so now that we're at the end of the console cycle, you get some of the best looking games. And Last of Us already was one of the best looking games I've ever seen. But it's a gorgeous game. Yeah. So yeah. good. And then, yeah, you mentioned Uncharted. It's by the same company, Naughty Dog, the Uncharted yep. series. And I'm sure you must have played Uncharted 4, right? I did. I love the Uncharted games. They're, yeah. they're a ton of fun. Uncharted Uncharted 4 wasn't my favorite of the series, but uh-huh. um, and the other ones kind of fall below the decade. They're they're older than 10 years. Uh-huh. So that's why that's why they didn't make the list. But, Got it. Um, but yeah, they're, they're just a fun game. Uncharted 4 almost made my list. Um, I had never played it in the other ones, but I see that those are the games they're offering for free for PlayStation Plus members this month, the whole Uncharted series. Ooh, so pick them up if you I'm haven't already. It. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, play. I don't know if I'll play the first one, but I'll play two and three. Yeah, they're, they're phenomenal games. So my number one, and this is my favorite game of the decade and also my all-time favorite video game ever. Can you guess? Probably can't. Hmm. Um, <laughs> it's I don't very, know. It's early, early on in the decade. Huh. Uh, no, I really can't. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Uh, it's not obvious, but it's Portal Two. Ooh, that's a good one, though. I so love this game, and it 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 I you know it, it took me a while to realize how much I loved it because what it is is you're trapped in this compound with a series of what what they're calling testing rooms. And there's this sarcastic, sadistic AI named GLaDOS who passive aggressively taunts you throughout the game. Uh-huh. And and gets It's m- one of the best parts of the game to me, in yeah, my opinion. The sense of humor. It's really morbid and and kind of wicked. And at first she sounds very like matter of fact, and now you've entered the testing chamber and you know, good luck. But then as it goes along, you realize that she's kind of evil <laughs> yeah. and it's creepy because you're totally at the mercy of this and you feel like you're a rat in a maze, but you get this portal gun and the gun lets you shoot like this oval portal onto a wall with this blue outline. And then you shoot, you can shoot an orange one on another wall. And so that when you walk through either the orange or the blue, you come out the other one. And that sounds really simple and it is, but that game mechanic is the basis of the game where you, you have to try to figure out how to get through the, um, each of these testing chambers through and, and it's not, it's a puzzle game. So you don't know how at first and you have to figure it out. And for me, 
it really makes you feel smart. You know, once you do figure it out, it's so satisfying. Oh my God. Yes. It is. <laughs> you might have to fling yourself. Like you jump off a ledge and shoot a portal at the ground. And then when you go through it, you've got another portal on the wall up, up above. So, uh, so you, you gained enough momentum that you, pass through the portal on the wall and go across this chasm that's filled with acid and then you can leave the room something like that so it's but fl- flinging yourself sometimes was some of the most fun parts of yeah. that game <laughs> yeah and uh did you see they're they're finally doing another half-life game and it's going to be in vr no yeah it's coming out in april they announced it it's not going to be on the playstation or at least not they haven't announced that yet but it's PC VR and they talked about how they thought about doing portal for that. But then they realized if you're flinging yourself around in VR, you're just going to throw up. (laughs) Oh, geez. Yeah. Probably not a good idea to do that. No, which I'm like, Oh, they were thinking about doing another portal game, but I don't blame them. But anyway, the combination of the puzzles, which I kind of love puzzle games and the, the great sense of humor and the eerie atmosphere and the look of it, it's just sleek and good looking and kind of decrepit. And you're in this post. It actually shares the same universe as the Half-Life universe yeah. where these creatures have taken over the planet. And um, the uh, music is really good, too. And in Portal 2, Stephen Merchant plays a funny robot character. So it makes it really funny. It's just all together. In my opinion, this game is pretty close to perfect. I just I, love it. I, I need a Portal 3 just so I can finally have cake. <laughs> I know it's not fair because <laughs> the cake is a lie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so good. That's a good choice yeah, though for a number one. That's a fun Thanks. game. Yeah, I love it. And then Portal Two also had this uh, another side game where you can play with two people, and it's so ingenious how they make these puzzle rooms where you need two people with four portals to actually finish them. You have to cooperate together. It's really cool. I never played the two player. I'll have, to, I'll have it, to try that sometime. It's harder. Yeah, we should get on and try it sometime if you want. I'd be, it'd be fun to go back and try it again. Yeah, for sure. Okay, what about honorable mentions? Let's just, um, unless you, we can say a little something about it, but we could also just kind of go through the list. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, I, I have like four or five honorable mentions. I can just kind of list them. I don't really have to yeah. go into too much if detail. If you want to say something, that's totally cool. Um, Super. Super Mario Odyssey for Nintendo mm, Switch, which came out great. in 2017, was a fun game. Um, Batman Arkham City, which we kind of touched on a little bit earlier mm. with, when we were talking about Spider-Man and such. I've never played all the way through one of those, but I dipped in and loved it. Oh, they're so good. I love mm. those games. Um, Assassin's Creed Black Flag was another game that I absolutely loved because you're basically a pirate the whole game, which is a, just a blast. I've never played an Assassin's Creed game, and they look so great. So I feel like I'm really missing out on that. Maybe I think they're 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 again they're those open world games, kind of similar to like Red Dead and and such. Uh-huh. I want to ask you something about those games. I don't know if I'll include it in case it's too big of a spoiler, but is it in Assassin's Creed? Are you actually in the present and you're just like projecting yourself into the past or something yeah. like that? Yeah, you're you're reliving past memories as past lives. In every game? In every game, yep. Okay, interesting. Yeah. That's not a big spoiler. That's Okay, yeah. it's you known can, at this point. Huh? It's known at this point, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the other two I have are kind of more just jump in when you want. Um, that's Rocket League is one that I, I have mm-hmm. a ton of fun playing. And Rocket League 
is where you're driving around in these little buggies in this huge soccer stadium with this huge ball playing car soccer. Basically. It's it's uh, <laughs> soccer meets demolition derby. Yeah, pretty much. It's really fun. And I jumped in once I found out that I could buy the Back to the Future DeLorean as my car. Um, <laughs> And the other one uh, I have is a game you and I have talked about before uh, is Beat Saber. Yes. Beat Saber is just, man, that is so much fun. It's PlayStation VR. And I can tell you right now, there are people, myself included, who have used Beat Saber. Like, now I haven't gone to this extent, but there are like blogs out there and vlogs of, of people who have like le- legitimately played Beat Saber for a half hour a night and lost weight. Yeah. I sweat when I play it. For oh, sure. so do I. And so Beat Saber, you're in VR and you have two lightsabers, one in each hand, one red and one blue. And these blocks are coming towards you and you have to hit them in the right to the beat of the music and in the right direction. So you're just flinging your arms around and you get into a flow state, or at least I do, where I, so I'm not even thinking sometimes. Oh, I totally get into it. My <laughs> body that. is moving because I don't know if you know this or not, but the bigger your swipes, the more points you get when you I actually connect. I figured that connect. out finally, yeah. And man, it's like I've I've had friends over who have played and it takes a little while for people who've never played it before to kind of get into it right. because they're, they're more worried about what everybody's going to think when they're watching them. Yeah. And then they watch me play it and I just don't care. Like I, <laughs> I am all over the place. My body is moving and I get so into it when I play. I haven't played in a while. Yeah. I, I really should hook that back up. I mean, that I, I've always since I got the PSVR, I've had people over to demo it and they're always impressed. But when I had some friends over to play to play Beat Saber recently, they were all saying, oh, we got to get a VR. This is the game that convinces people. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. VR is worth it. <laughs> it's the game that made me get VR. <laughs> yeah. And so um, this is the game that I am playing the most right now, even though it wasn't on my list. It was pretty close. Um, so I've been loving it and I wonder, I wanted to ask you, how good are you at it? Uh, I'm to the point now where I can actually do the, uh, the hard or the, um, cause there's like easy, there's normal. Uh-huh. And then there's two other difficulties after that. I usually go, if I, if I try something new, I usually go right to hard because yeah. I've gotten pretty, and you could do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like I can do it without failing. I, I still haven't played it enough that I can jump into like the highest difficulty and, fin- and finish yeah. the song. I think there's easy, normal, hard, expert, and expert plus. That's it. And, yeah, yeah. And I um, I hope this doesn't sound like bragging, but I'm I'm a drummer, so I, I might pick it up a little easier. But I can play through the first three collections all on expert. And it took me fucking forever to get that very last <laughs> song, but I finally finished it a couple of times. Uh, I, I, I played it so many times because I was determined, but I haven't been able to do any song on Expert Plus. I just can't. It's too hard. <laughs> Have you um, picked up any of the additional song packs? No, not yet. I'm trying to hold off because I don't want it to be a money suck. And I was thinking I like Green Day okay, and I like Imagine Dragons pretty good, but I want to really get one that I love wait, to come wait, out. Wait, is Green Day on there now? Yeah. Oh, because I have the Imagine Dragons one on. I didn't know Green Day was on there. Yeah. I, I've th- I was thinking about getting it, but I thought I would hang out and see if they go on sale or anything like that. I was oh. waiting for Beat Saber to go on sale, that, and it just never did, so I'm like, all right, I'll, get, I'll just get it. <laughs> Now I'm going to now I'm definitely going to have to pick up I'm going <laughs> to yeah. have to play Breed Saber again just to play Green Day. Yeah, Boulevard of Broken Dreams is on there. That's awesome. 
Yeah, because I could, the Imagine Dragons one is is pretty good. Yeah, it's now got some great go, songs on there. Now, now I need to get the Green Day one. Damn it! <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> Anything else on your honorable mentions? No, not really. That's that pretty much covers my list. Okay, I got Resident Evil Seven, which was a amazing return to form for Resident Evil, and it it probably should just be on my list, but I didn't want to have two Resident Evil games on there. It's one of the scariest games I've ever played. There's a VR um, mode for that, but I can't do it. I can't even. I tried it and I, I lasted five minutes, and I'm like, no, this is not fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's too scary, but it's a great game. Uncharted Four. I I that's the only Uncharted game I played, but I really liked it a lot. It's just so beautiful and fun to climb around and everything. <clears throat> yeah. Beat Saber. PT was this demo that came out. Um, do you know about that? I've heard of it. I haven't played it before, though. Yeah, you can't get it now. It was going to be Silent Hill, and it was going to star Norman Reedus. And they just put out this demo where you're walking down the same hallway, which sounds really boring, but it's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Minecraft is on my list. Journey was a really cool independent game where you're in this sparkly desert sliding around and it's just really beautiful gameplay. And then I played a lot of Hearthstone on the iPad. It's the uh, Blizzard Warcraft card game. Yeah. It's really fun. Okay, we got a couple more items here. Games that we either haven't played but we're really curious about or and might have been on our list if we'd gotten around to playing or even ones that we've owned or that we own that we want to play or finish. So what do you got on your list? Um, I have three, uh, and I'll, I'll push through them really quick. Um, the Dragon Age games. Yeah, um, I'm you know, about I, those two. They're, you know, very play, you know, very open-worldy, kind of like Skyrim and stuff like that. I haven't played them yet, but I've heard great things about them. Um, you know, especially like Dragon Age Inquisition, which I own and haven't played. Uh, the Outer Worlds. You and I talked yeah. about that a couple of weeks ago, and I still haven't played, still mm-hmm. haven't started it yet. But I've again a, a game I've heard great things that, about. That game seems like it sort of defies genre, which I find really interesting. Yeah, yeah, for it's sure. Not easy to categorize. Um, and the only other one I have on my list is uh, more relevant now because I mean I've always heard great things about it, but now that the series is out, and that's The Witcher Three. I know that's on mine too. <laughs> yeah, I haven't played any of the Witcher games before, so me neither. I think Witcher Three has gotten more popular now that this Henry Cavill Netflix show is out. But that's the one that gets put up against Skyrim. People argue about which one's better. Really? Yeah. Oh, now I definitely want to play the Witcher. <laughs> I mean, it's got yeah. It was on a lot of best of the year lists too. Whenever it came out, so some of your games are on my list. GTA Five is top of my list. Then Skyrim's on there. Witcher Three, Mass Effect, Assassin's Creed. All these games we've talked about. Control was one that came out this year that looked really interesting. Um, there's a game Until Dawn: Rush of Blood that I've played halfway through. It's a VR game based on the Until Dawn universe, but you're in this crazy horror carnival um roller coaster and you got two guns and you just shoot the monsters around you but it's vr so it's freaky as hell and that's why i haven't finished it yet (laughs) but (laughs) one cool thing about that game is when my kids are home i can still play it and just not turn on the tv because then i just have the vr and they don't know what i'm doing yeah yeah (laughs) and then i because i don't want to play it alone so sometimes i do it when they're home uh, Arizona <laughs> Sunshine is another VR game where you're shooting zombies. I want to play that one. 
and uh, a lot of VR games on here. Invisible Hours is one I started recently where it's you're in like a classic murder mystery, but you can go around to different characters and follow them through the course of it and listen to them. And then you can like rewind and go hear what somebody else is saying. It's kind of interesting. That sounds cool. Tetris Effect gets so many good reviews. Tetris Effect is a good game. Yeah. yeah. It just seems like it lights up your neurons while you're playing it or something. Yeah, and it kind of takes me back to originally playing Tetris on like the NES a yeah. little bit. It's yeah, just but, te- it's like Tetris, it's like NES Tetris on steroids. Right. Yeah, I mean this for if people want a little description, it's it's a VR Tetris, but there's all these just amazing effects going on and then when you complete a line, you just get this burst of basically endorphins because of what you're seeing <laughs> yeah <laughs> on screen um and then what about the game another category i wanted to talk about is just what game have you played the most in the last 10 years oh man that's a tough one um you know i would have to oh i just thought of another one that has made my uh honorable mentions and that's uh star wars fallen jedi or Jedi I know, Fallen yeah, Order. me too. Yeah, yeah that's, that's an amazing game. Uh, oh, I've played it and beaten it. It's amazing. Um, game I've played the most out of the last 10 years. Oh, man. Um, that Oh, that's a tough question. <laughs> and you even you even posed that to me before we started recording it. For I'm some reason, think I didn't based, think of it. Based on what you've said, what, what I would guess, maybe Skyrim, because it's just so yeah. much... I'd say Skyrim. Um, if not Skyrim, then maybe Grand Theft Auto Five, okay. mm-hmm. because I've spent a lot of time in Grand Theft Auto Five as well. I think so. mine might be the iPhone game Threes. Have you ever played that? No. It's just a little game where you you've got these numbers lined up in squares and you swipe to combine them to make bigger numbers and you try to keep making bigger numbers without filling up the board so that you're stuck and it uh it's kind of charming there's cute little sound effects but for some reason this is the only game on my iphone that i feel like playing when i'm standing in line or when i'm on the toilet listening to a podcast (laughs) or you know i just find myself playing it all the time and i i just wouldn't be surprised if you add up all the time that i've played that over this decade that that would be the game which is kind of stupid but hey that's no i mean we i think we all i think we all kind of have those those uh phone games that we kind of just dive into yeah 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 you know when we have the time (laughs) and then last is upcoming games that we're looking forward to um i have i have three again um the first one comes out, I think, in April, and that is Minecraft Dungeons. Oh yeah, which is a it is actually a story, but a story driven Minecraft game. Uh, which Nico's I think is going to that. Yeah, yeah, I think it's kind of like Minecraft meets World of Warcraft, <laughs> which I think is kind of fun. Um, the Final Fantasy VII remake, I am so ecstatic for because <laughs> I love the original Final Fantasy VII. Do they have a date but, for that one? Um, yeah, I think they do. Um, I, I think it's final. Let's see. Final Fantasy seven remake is coming out, uh, March 3rd of this year. Pretty soon. Yep. Um, and then the other one, the, the one game I am, man, I mean, you talk about like the game I, it's probably, I'm, I have a feeling it's probably going to be game of the year, even though the game hasn't come out yet. It's just the prediction I'm making mm-hmm. cyberpunk 2077. Oh Yeah. 
with uh, Keanu. With Keanu, yeah. Um, <laughs> and that comes out in April of this year, and I cannot wait for that game. That looks pretty cool. I hope it lives up to the hype. I think it's by the same company that did Skyrim, right? Um, or so, they did something big. It's it's um, did it? it's it's Project right. Red is the developer. oh they did Witcher Witcher yes that's it yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah they do the Witcher series cool um okay my uh, let's see Last of Us Part Two oh I'm yeah totally looking forward to another good one Resident Evil Three and there's this game called Superliminal that looks like a it you're in a room but if you change the perspective then you can pull something forward that was small from your first perspective, but then it becomes big kind of like that and solve puzzles like that. So it's a lateral thinking game where you have to think outside of the box to solve puzzles. Hmm. I, I like to dip into, you know, I, I tend to like story centered games, puzzle games, and I like these, uh, what do you call it? You know, music games where you have to do things to the beat. I love guitar hero and stuff. Yeah. So those are the ones I like. There, there's a game called The Room on the iPad that's another puzzle game where you solve these puzzle boxes. Kind of reminds me of Hellraiser or something. And they're doing a VR version of that. So I'm looking forward to that one too. That sounds... Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of, you know, puzzle games and, and things like that too. Um, and at any point in The Room, is there a guy that comes out and says, Oh, hi, Mark? <laughs> there should be. <laughs> Even if just as like a, as like a little Easter egg? Right. Oh, hi, no, Mark. I haven't seen that. <laughs> it's got this kind of a antique, maybe steampunk kind of feel. Very um, isolated. You're, you're, and it's creepy. And so that would be really out of place. But I think it, it would probably anyone who's seen the movie The Room would love it anyway. <laughs> this is um an interesting question. Um. Uh, and I don't. I didn't pose this to you early on, so I don't know if you'll have an answer for this. It ju- it's something that just popped into my head. Is there a game that you remember playing very early on in like your gaming career that you kind of went back and replayed, and it just does not hold up at all? Like it's not nearly as good as you remember it being. Mm. Well, I mean, this probably isn't the best answer, but I used to love going to the arcade and playing Donkey Kong. Mm-hmm. And so now I, you can play it on the Switch, and uh, it's it's still fun, but it's not like back when you had to scrounge up quarters and go down there and try to get the best score and beat your friends and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know. I mean, even Resident Evil 2, I played through that, and I still have a huge soft spot, the original one, I mean. But now that graphics have gotten so much better, it just looks so crappy. Like all the joints where the, um, you know, like your elbow and your knee joint, you can see the pixels clashing against each other and stuff like that. Yeah. There's, <laughs> Why, a, ga- about you? There's a game that I remember playing when I was in high school. Uh, it's a PC game called Phantasmagoria um, that I remember having such an interesting story. And I think the story probably still holds up a little bit. But graphics-wise, like, it just does not hold up at all. Um, Yeah, and it was one of those games that kind of used actual video. Like, they actually had actors, like, Mm -hmm. portraying the roles. Um, And you clicked to move the character around. And 
you know, it was so glitchy at certain times because it's <laughs> it's available on Steam, and I was like, it was like five bucks. I'm like, all right, let me go back and replay it. Yeah, it didn't hold up at all. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when I was a kid, I was six years old. We got a Pong machine. (laughs) (laughs) I kicked ass at that. But my son would just be horrified if I told him to play something like that. Probably (laughs) like, what the hell is this crap? Makes makes me think of going back and replaying like Pitfall or Pole Position. Right. (laughs) Pitfall was the best. I loved Pitfall. (laughs) All right. That was a lot of fun. We will take a little break, but there's still more to come. So stay with us. I got a pocket full. All right, we're back. It's time for Listener Moans, Groans, and Grunts. All right, uh, we'll start off with uh, Jackie A. Rossi, uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, which was one that was on my list. I do not think of myself as a gamer, but I bought a Switch to play a Pokemon console game, which I ended up not buying, and I got uh, Breath of the Wild because I was told I would like the horses. I never, mm-hmm. <laughs> I never played a Zelda before. I think it's it's like a year and a half later, and I have over 800 hours in it. Wow. <laughs> uh, I love the story and how it was pieced out. I love being able to go and beat on and beat on things or avoid monsters and spend a day picking flowers and watching the sunrise and set. I'm finally trying to teach myself how to do some of the fancier dodge techniques, and I enjoy taking horses to odd locations just to see if I can. <laughs> it sounds like a dating site. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, also, the horses are pretty great and very very real horse-like uh, i have days where i just go for a ride i'm so very excited for the sequel and i have like four playthroughs going right now after finishing my main game i immediately started a new one because i wanted to try different things that's cool i love that story that she wasn't even that much of a gamer and now she's i mean i think she got a uh, zelda sword tattooed to her arm or something <laughs> it, it only takes that one to suck you in right yeah yeah uh, Pake Allen says Red Dead Redemption, both games. The first one came out in 2010. Absolutely incredible story and characters, super in-depth gameplay, and plenty of extra fun stuff to do in those games. Horizon Zero Dawn, that's another one I was curious about but didn't get to. Yeah. Again, the story was just brilliant, plus a super interesting concept for a game, beautiful landscapes, awesome-looking machines, which are the wildlife of this game, and super great combat. Honorable mentions go to L.A. Noir, the Switch Ooh, Pokemon. Yeah, that one, like... You have to sit there and interrogate people. You're a detective and the face animations just look like real people. Yeah. It's really cool. The Switch Pokemon games, Let's Go and Sword Shield, Until Dawn for its unique style of horror gameplay, Spider-Man and Jedi Fallen Order. Nice. Uh, I'm just apologizing if I butcher anybody's names. Forgive me. Blanket apology. <laughs> yes, exactly. For, from here to the end of the podcast. Uh, Greg Schwamb. I hope I pronounced that right. Uh, Borderlands 2. The writing is irreverent, which appeals to me. I love the cel-shaded graphics, which reminds me of comic books. The story is fun, and the history and lore of the series really gets explored. Uh, really gets explored after the original. I never liked FPS games, which is, I think, um, first-player shooter 
games before this, but the RPG aspects, the story, which wants to be told, and the replayability made it made it fun for many, many hours. And Handsome Jack is my favorite villain ever, hands down. Another series I never got into, but it looks pretty cool. I haven't either. I've never played a Borderlands game. <laughs> there's a VR version. There's a Telltale game. Dan Medzi, who was on last time we talked about games for a whole podcast, says, still hasn't changed much. The Last of Us, Inside, Uncharted 4, Portal 2, Firewatch. The latest God of War was pretty cool. Uh, Emily Reeves, I haven't played games in a long time, but I really loved Ghost Recon. Yeah, those are fun games, too. Yeah, I've never even I've never played a Call of Duty either, Ooh. or I've never really played any of those war games. David Fox says, "Of course, Thimbleweed Park, which David Fox co-created, <laughs> <laughs> and is also a great little game. Also, Beat Saber, Moss, Vader, Immortal, three VR games. Oh God, Moss! Have you played Moss? Not yet. I, it's I so good. It looks cool. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, I will uh, eventually." Barry Everett's uh, Telltale's The Walking Dead series. Such an amazing story. When the first season ended, I shed many tears. Uh, and watching Clementine grow and mature against the black drop, backdrop of the ZA was a harrowing experience indeed. The storytellers at Telltale certainly didn't pull any punches just because Clementine was a young lady, a true masterpiece in my honest opinion. Absolutely. And I think you've actually, are you friends with Melissa? Uh, yeah, yeah. She actually has been on the podcast a lot. When we yeah, first no, started she, yeah. doing Fear, she was the co-host for that. So yeah, we're we're pretty good friends. Yeah, yeah. Love love her. But it, that she was my very first panel ever at Walker Stalker, and I was kind of nervous to be doing a panel, but um, I loved that series so much, and she was so nice that it was a breeze. It wasn't like yours with Michael Rooker. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, that was a breeze too. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> Josh Svianovich says The Last of Us, Fallout 3 and 4, the RE2 remake, Resident Evil 2 remake, and Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild probably top my list. Immersive storytelling, great characters, and engaging gameplay just made them standouts in my mind. Not to mention that all of those properties play such an importance on lore and world building that you really feel invested in the experience. Yeah, totally. Fallout's another series that I've been curious about. Yeah. I, I I jumped into Fallout Four. That was my first uh, mm. my first foray into Fallout. <laughs> uh, Sarah Larkham, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. It's such an amazing game. Just the graphics alone, the story is amazing, and it's a game that never gets old. Uh, it's a game, yeah. It's a game that never gets old. You learn a number of new things each time you play. The music is beautifully composed, and the beautiful landscapes are amazing. Far Cry Five. It's a love letter to Montana, and I love the story that you have escaped and defeat the evil cult. And I love the graphics. Far Cry is another fun series too. Evil cult. Sounds good. Yeah. Melissa Brown says the South Park games worked really well for feeling <laughs> like you were in the universe. That's those are fun games. I, I played a little bit of one of those and, and you had to like try to shit somehow. <laughs> I forget exactly what the mechanic was, but you're on the toilet and you have to like, circle the controller just right <laughs> yep yeah they're fun games i mean yeah. they're 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 crude, no, but Park. just like south park so you mm-hmm. know it's fun uh shenandoah grand poobah gore uh brutal legend great soundtrack and jack black is hilarious does that fall into this decade i felt like that was older for uh, some yeah reason. i think it might be yeah but that's a great studio tim schaefer and double find double find <clears throat> That's just out. Yeah, that was 2009. So that was that kind of just, just, outside, fall, of just outside of the decade. But still, <laughs> still a great game. Yeah. 
Derek O'Neill says, I want of comic talk fame, by the way, I want to say the last of us because it's such a brilliant story, but I'd have to choose Batman Arkham Knight. I played through the story, all the side missions and searched out all the collectibles to full 100% completion twice. I've never done that with another game. Damn, it felt good to be Batman. (laughs) Oh, and once I learned how to drive the Batmobile, I absolutely love driving it around the city and firing Batman up into the air to glide around. Well, Derek, if you ever get a chance to play uh, the Batman VR game on PlayStation, it's not much of a game, but it makes you feel like Batman. When you're descending down into first, you put the cowl on yourself and then you're descending down into the bat cave. I got goosebumps playing that. Oh, that was my first foray in the PlayStation VR. A friend of a friend of mine put that on me and I was like, what are you what am I playing? He's like, trust me. (laughs) And it started. I was like, I'm Batman. (laughs) Yeah, Because you can look in the mirror and of course what everyone does, because you can like move your hands around and you'll see and your head and you'll see yourself in the mirror. So then you. Everyone I've seen just starts acting goofy. Yep. Like, oh, Batman. <laughs> yep. And that's a fan. That, that's in. Yeah. The Batman VR is great. Yeah. Uh, Kelly Burgess, Fallout 4. It was the first Fallout game that I played and I loved everything about it. Me too. Uh, the story, how your choices had effects on the story, the NPCs that helped you and you could learn different skills from them. I was going to say Resident Evil 5 because I loved playing it co op with my husband, but I guess it came out in 2009. Uh, The game I'm sure I've played more than any other is my favorite right now is Dead by Daylight. Uh, It's such a unique game. Others have tried to copy and failed. It's uh, and it is so buggy, which drives (laughs) my husband crazy. But uh, but I guess I accept that as part of it. So it doesn't upset me so much. I love the game so much. I've probably watched others play it about as much as I've personally played it. So I think that game is one of those games where it's multiplayer and you have like three people that are the victims and then you have like the killer and they have to do something before he can kill them all or something. I think it's like that. And and I also they've come out with all these additions so you can play in different horror universes so you can do like the Ash versus Evil Dead version of it. Oh, that's cool. Right? So I've never actually played it, but I'm I'm curious about it just because of that. The yeah, I've, Evil Dead. I think the only reason why I haven't played it yet is because I'm not really into many multiplayer games. Yeah, me too. Um, you know, because it is a four versus one horror game. So right. I, and I, I think that's the only reason I haven't done it yet. Yeah, that's the only reason why I haven't played Star Trek Bridge Bridge Crew, because I'm antisocial. <laughs> it's introverted. Introverted okay, is a better. Okay, yeah, that's a nice way of saying it. Um, is it my turn? Just yes. Yeah. Christine Williams Mendoza says all the Katamari games help me relieve stress. Rolling up stuff is relaxing. Also, Minecraft has the easiest zombies to kill. I think that's the only game I that we've mentioned today that I've never heard of. Katamari. I don't think I've heard of that either. I think I've heard of it maybe, but I just mm. don't. I'm not familiar no, with playing it. Is, it. Yeah. Uh, Jamie Dimmick, Legends of Zelda Breath of the Wild. It's gorgeous. There's a ton to do, and the story is engaging. Totally worth your money and time. Yeah. It kills me when I know somebody has a Switch and hasn't gotten that game. I'm like, dude. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think the Switch was made for? (laughs) Amelie Rochette says Breath of the Wild. Uh, Bryson Wolf, Rocket League. Been my four-year obsession. I'm pretty sure I've put more hours into this game than any other game I've played. And and I grew up in the (laughs) 80s. It's so simple and easy to understand, but super deep mechanically and so much fun. 
Beat Saber, this game is what VR was made for. <laughs> Fully immersive, good exercise, and tons of fun. Yeah. Yeah, Rocket League is is easy to grasp, but it's hard. Like soccer, you have to use soccer strategy and hit the ball at just the right time and be in the right place at the right time. Yeah. All that and, stuff. And it's not a game to play if you get frustrated easily. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> <laughs> it will happen. Yep. Tim Pollan has his top 10 list, 10 Rocket League, 9 The Walking Dead Collection, 8 Dead Space 2, 7 Gears 3, 6 The Wolf Among Us, which Melissa was also in, uh, 5 The Last of Us, 4 Batman Arkham City, 3 Mafia 2, 2 Red Dead Redemption, and 1 Uncharted 3. Uh, Lisa Morano also gives her top 10, but in no particular order. Uh, she has Call of Duty, several different versions, Resident Evil 7, Bioshock 1 through 3, uh, Halo, Destiny, the first one, PUBG, uh, which is um, Player oh God, Unknown what? Battlegrounds, I think. That's it, yeah. <laughs> uh, I couldn't remember. Uh, Division, Titanfall, the first one, and Fable. Uh, she says, yeah, again, no particular order on the list, just some of the ones I've really enjoyed. I'm sure I'm forgetting a lot. I think these span a couple decades, but we'll let it slide. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Eric Featon, who's Mr. Blog, The Last of Us. Red Dead Redemption 2 is a close second. Then later he said, I realized I didn't get my reasons, but considering we did a podcast or two on The Last of Us, I, I don't think I needed to. But thinking about <laughs> Red Dead Redemption 2, I'd say the reasons are the similar, if not the same, overall story. Great story is what makes a great game for me. Not necessarily the most fun games, but the ones that stick with me over time. I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, Alex Vera. I'm sorry again. Uh, I never owned The Last of Us, but I watched Let's Play, and it won all those awards for a reason. Definitely up there. Nice. And not to not to sound cliche, but Telltale's The Walking Dead will always be top tier for me. Over the four seasons, I've never been more attached to a video game character like I have with Clem. Yep. The last episode of season four made me cry real tears, and no other game has made me do that. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, season four was great, too. If you ever get around to it, Ben, the, the, la the final chapter... They, they really did it proud. Yeah, I, w I want to. Like I said, I enjoyed the first two, so I, I mm -hmm. definitely want to I want to wrap out the story. Yeah. Uh, Mike Lucius, Far Cry 4, good story, and the gameplay gets better and better as you play. Uh, Mark Nagy, the Mass Effect series, also Skyrim, also the Fallout series. Michael Mufflees, The Last of Us, and Days Gone, both brilliant games, or Red Dead Redemption 2, Fallout 3, and GTA 5. Uh, and the last one comes from Rima Joe. Resident Evil 2 is number one right now. Uh, the Last of Us and Tomb Raider. Yeah, those Tomb Raider games, those recent ones look pretty good too. I, uh, I think the, the, um, the Rise of Tomb Raider, which was the first, I think, of the remakes that they did, I thought was excellent. I haven't played Shadow of Tomb Raider, which was the last one, but mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't think the reviews were as good as the first one, but I, I still hear... It's it's pretty decent. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. All right, you guys, now for something really cool. I have a guest from Skydance Interactive here to talk about their new upcoming VR game, The Walking Dead Saints and Sinners. So we have Adam Grantham, creative director of the game. Welcome to the podcast, Adam. Thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited to talk about this game. I've had my PSVR for a couple of years and was into it for a while and then kind of let it go. But I've been getting back into it again lately with 
like Beat Saber and a couple other games. And uh, Walking Dead Saints and Sinners marries two things I'm totally into right now, VR and The Walking Dead. So I'm really excited. It's been getting some good buzz. And I guess it's about ready to get released, at least on some platforms, right? So are you excited for people to finally get to play it? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm very excited. We've been working on this for over two years now. Um, you know, it's been a long road, a lot of experimentation. We've had a lot of really exciting stuff that we've just been dying for the public to see. And, you know, the, the seeing the buzz of uh, people getting to play some of the early builds over the last few months has been great. And now we're just really pumped to have it go out to the public and mm-hmm. get to see everybody enjoy what we've poured our heart into <laughs> the experimentation. So did you, you were just trying a whole bunch of different things to see what was fun and what, what worked well, how, how much um, has the game changed in that regard? Well, yeah, there's a lot of experimentation. I think mainly for the two reasons that, you know, you said you were excited about the game. One is, um, uh, you know, just VR. Uh, there's so, there's so much discovery to be had in VR, you know, it's, it's still really new. Yeah. Um, there's been a lot of different games that have tried different things. There's a, a, you know, a lot to figure out there. So it's, it's, you know, it's not like with a standard flat screen console game where you can kind of lean on 30 years of uh, tradition, right? There's a lot of invention there. So, um, you know, just kind of figuring out how we need to do things differently and how, you know, what translates well from flat screen and what doesn't. And, um, you know, what are new things that we could do that you could never do in flat screen, which we've done a lot of. Right. Um, so there's that experimentation. And then there's also the experimentation of, you know, just with the franchise of the walking dead. It's like, how do you, you know, what really is the magic of the walking dead and what, what do people want to, to experience in the walking dead that they have yet to experience? You know, so we, there was a lot of experimenting and figuring out what that was. And we think we've really found, great answers to both of those big questions sweet now i want to get into the specifics of the game but since we're on this topic i want to ask you you know vr's been around for a few years now and so has it been do you see some things you know sort of coalescing like okay now we kind of know this works and are you learning from that kind of thing or is it still pretty wide open uh i mean i think there's still a lot of discovery left you know, in, in yeah. front of us, but I, we've definitely come a long way. You know, we did a VR title here before. We did um, Archangel, which at first was on rails, and then yeah. we did the Archangel Hellfire, which was, um, uh, you know, free movement. And even between there, you know, those two, you know, and that, that was really in short order. You can see a huge leap between that first one and the second one. And I think a lot of it has been about, um, you know, some caution about uh, VR and, like, nausea and, and different things like that. Sure. But we've seen... That you can that you can actually take some more risk and and, and try some new things and we've we've been building on, uh, you know what we've done in the past and, and trying out a whole lot of new things and, and pulling from you know other successes in VR, um, you know our game has climbing in it, uh, uh, right. it's got a pretty cool movement, um, but then also uh, just trying a lot of new things, you know just like the the physicality of our game we think is something people have not experienced even in VR. Um, the uh, satisfying physics-based melee interactions. Mm. It's just, uh, we think it's going to be totally new and it's going to be one of the best melee experiences people have ever had in a game. Nice. Have you ever played Fruit Ninja VR? Yes, I have. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) between... No, I I don't think I've played the VR version. You got to try it. It's a whole different story. And between Fruit Ninja and Beat Saber, one thing that's clear to me is that slashing and slicing and stabbing works really well. 
Mm-hmm. And so it seems like you got some of that going on. Yeah, we had a lot of slicing and stabbing. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of the bread and butter right. of the uh, moment-to-moment uh, gameplay. Um, but I think one thing people will experience in our game that they that will be new to them and feel really powerful and in line with you know what they've seen in The Walking Dead before is just you know the 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 impact of the knife actually penetrating a skull and that you actually have to have follow through and you have to have real physical force. Mm-hmm. And then these weapons, they'll stick, you know, and you have to actually yank to pull them out. And when you've got several walkers coming at you and you're trying to brain them like that, you really get that um, excitement and there's a bit of a power rush when you pulled it off, but also you have some terror in the fact that it, there are real physical consequences to the way you interact with the world. And um, I think you're going to, feel like you're living these experiences you've seen in the walking dead. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, so if people haven't figured it out yet that you're going to be in the world of the walking dead with this game in the, in the trailer, you see the, that you grab the zombie by the head and then you stab him with your other <clears throat> hand. And so now you're talking about some of the details of that. And I'm wondering like, what can go wrong when you're trying to stab, can you stab your own hand or. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't actually stab your own hand, but, um, one, you don't you don't always have to grab them by the head, so that's that's one option. Um, okay. But like, uh, it, anytime you're coming up on a walker, there's always just some risk in in that uh, that you know first few steps where you close the distance on them because they'll try to grapple you too. And what the walkers will do is instead of just standing in front of you and and just kind of like slashing at you, not not really doing anything. What they do is they latch onto you. They prevent your movement. And then when they're latched on you like that, it's draining your stamina and they're coming in for a bite. And the okay. bite, as everybody knows, with The Walking Dead, if you're bit, it's over, right? So Okay. I was going to ask, because in a lot of zombie games, you can get bit a bunch of times and it doesn't really follow the rules. Yeah. So we, you know, we're not, we're working closely with Skybound and we're following the, the Walking Dead rules. Um, you know, we're, we're really on point on those. Okay. So like we, we're, we're not going to have the walkers bite you and it not be fatal. So what it is, is they'll, they grab, they latch on to you and the latching on to you does a little bit of damage. And while they're latched on to you, it's draining your stamina, but the real punishment comes in when they hit you with that bite, if you don't get them off before it's too late. So you can shake them off, um, or you can try to brain them before it's too late. But usually the you know the best way to play is to try to be really quick and get them before they can latch on to you so yeah. you can either grab them um or you can you know just come up there and and get them catch them off guard if you're fast enough so there's a real physical skill game and managing the walkers <laughs> um and, and and you can notice the difference you know if you're if you're a fan of the comics or even the show you can see how you know when they get one you know later in in, in the comics in the series they're, be- they're much better at killing walkers. You know, they can pick them off in groups and stuff like that. But they always try to separate the walkers. You know, you, get, you can take one or two walkers pretty easily. But if you've got four walkers, even if you're skilled, you're still going to be in danger. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely true in our game as well. So there's some strategy. Yeah, there's definitely like a, a kind of a tactical game of, of crowd management when you're dealing with mm-hmm. walkers. So before we get too much more in, can you just kind of describe how you would pitch the game, you know, for the listeners? Yeah, I'd say um, really when, you know, when we looked at what people wanted, what was missing in terms of video games about in The Walking Dead, we, we wanted something where, you know, people are always watching the show or, or reading the comics and the hardcore fans are thinking like, oh, what would I do? You know, they'd say, oh, I'd, I'd do this if I was in his place or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. And we wanted to say, okay, let's make the game that is that, right? So you come into this world, um, 
you're you basically get to play out your Walking Dead fantasy as you in New Orleans and see you know li- live that out and see what you would do um, when you meet the same kind of challenges that your favorite characters have met. So the game's about you know exploring this this area. It's about surviving and scavenging and getting every little bit of food and medicine and bandages and everything you need to live and all the scraps you need to try to make your own weapons and any bit of ammo you can find and all that. Um, it's about visceral violence uh, against, against the walkers, you know, that up close and personal uh, weapon combat, but then also about dealing with the uh, violence that you have to deal with humans. So there's shootouts, there's uh, factions that will uh, turn against you. Um, if you go up and shoot one of their guys, the whole group will see that and they'll, you know, they'll come and attack you. Um, and of course there's the, the tough moral decisions and, and all the consequences that come with them, which I think is a you know, signature for the walking dead where you get put in the situation and you, basically have something where there's no right answer mm-hmm. and you've got to just pick pick to your best, you know, moral judgment. Deciding who might live or die kind of thing. Exactly. Whether to kill somebody. Exactly. Yeah. Right. You know, a big part of Walking Dead is, uh, you know, the central thing is really choice, decision, consequence. And we've taken that very seriously. Um, and it's even true within our gameplay. Like, uh, you know, it's not just about you when you get a ch- chance to decide who lives and who dies. It's also about like, what am I going to put in my backpack? This bit of scrap that I can use to make a weapon, this bandage, this medicine, this bit of food, um, you know, and, and that matters because you've got limited capacity, you've got limited time, resources are getting more scarce every day. So you always have this sense of pressure that's forcing you to leave something important behind, whether it be morally or actually, you know, just functionally for survival. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the, who you are in this game is defined by what you choose to take to, to take with you or, or keep alive or, you know, what you leave behind, what you neglect. <laughs> Sounds great, man. I got a smile on my face as you're saying this. I can't wait to try <laughs> it out. <laughs> so uh, you mentioned, yeah. you know, I think you said something about nausea. How do you deal with that and how do you move around in the game? I'm sorry, say that again. How do you, how do you move around? Yeah. And how do you, um, how do you try to mitigate uh, players feeling like they're going to throw up? <laughs> uh, well, so one, we've, we've done a lot in terms of like, you know, figuring out what's the right speed of movement and what are the right scale of um, environments that, you know, make that speed of movement feel right. Uh, and then um, we've also got, you know, some of the classic anti-nausea measures that a lot of VR games have, you know, the vignettes and stuff like that. Okay. Um, we also have custom settings because what we found is like somehow some players are just completely immune to all this stuff and they want to turn all those anti-nausea settings off. Mm-hmm. So we allow that. And then some players are more sensitive to them and they want to crank, crank them way up. So we also allow that. Cool. So we've got some customization in there because we just know like play, players are different in that regard and we want to support as many players as possible. Um, and there's a lot of options. Like it, you're not just moving, right? You've got, you can crouch, which makes you move slower, but also quieter, which matters if you're trying to sneak by walkers or enemy humans. Um, you can climb, which is, you know, a great way to find uh, alternative entrances in the places. Even the crouching is, you can sometimes go under floorboards and then pop up and surprise people from inside their own base, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, so that, you know, th- there's a lot of different ways for the player to explore space and, and, and move throughout the world. Nice. Did you, do you think that, um, I haven't really experimented with this a lot cause I haven't played a lot of games where you move around, but is it the kind of thing where if you just do more of it, you're, you'll get used to it and you can use the highest settings? Yeah, I think to a certain extent, I mean, I've been doing this for a while and I still kind of like 
the middle setting okay. for myself. Like a lot of the people here, they'll turn off snap turning, for instance. They'll right. turn it to smooth turning. I don't really like smooth turning personally. So I think a lot of it is just like, I think some people, no matter how much they play, they'll probably be nausea prone. And then I think some people come in and it can be their first time and they're just not nausea prone. So some of it, some of it definitely is experience. You know, I, we've noticed that as a community in general, VR players are more welcoming and expecting a free movement than they were, you know, back when we were in the Archangel one days. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think as it, as it goes forward, we're going to see it where people can do more and more in terms of locomotion and VR. It kind of reminds me of back when like dual, dual stick shooting was first the thing and, and console flat screen games. And some people got nauseous from that, you know, and now of course everything's dual stick shooter. Yeah. Or, where, or, yeah. Where like one stick is the camera and the other one is direction. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. I, that's a lot about mechanics. W- what about the story? How story focused is the game? The game, uh, it's, it's got a, um, pretty strong story all the way through. So you've got like this kind of main narrative path and then a bunch of smaller stories throughout it that you, that the narrative path kind of moves you through and you get to make choices, you know, everywhere you go. So, um, you know, I think that the foundation of the story is this kind of explorative mystery where you, you show up in new Orleans, you've kind of got a reputation. Um, everybody knows you as the tourist, uh, we don't really say much about who you are or your mm-hmm. past, so the player gets to really feel like it's just them. Um, but you definitely come in with some clout. Um, <laughs> and and there, there are these rumors in New Orleans about this place called the Reserve. So, the, so, you know, in our version of New Orleans, it's flooded. And the idea is that this major flood hit right before the Walker outbreak. So in the midst of the major flood, there's all this disaster relief setup happening. There's all this... Um, you know, medical supplies, food, and National Guard guys set up to protect it and all that. Mm. So somewhere out in the world, it's rumored that this stuff is still somewhere and that it just never got distributed because of the Walker attack, because mm. the Walker outbreak happened, you know, just after it all got set up. Yeah. So everybody out there who's trying to survive in New Orleans, you know, some people think it's just a legend and some people really believe in it. And um, you're you kind of get pulled into following this trail of clues to find out where it is and, and what the deal is with it. And uh, there's these other factions that are also competing for it and other individuals as well. Cool. So, uh, yeah, New Orleans is a seems like a great setting. The place has such character. Uh, did you always know it was going to be that or how did you land on New Orleans? That was, New Orleans was one of the earliest decisions we had about the game. So we, um, you know, we. we Walking Dead has its roots in the American South, you know, with uh, like Atlanta and, you know, Georgia and all that. So like it, it felt it felt regionally correct. But at the same time, you know, New Orleans is definitely its own thing. It's not like any other city in the South. So, um, And I think it's new for Walking Dead, too, right? As yeah, yeah I know. it's new for Walking Dead. So we, we basically got to have an untouched biome where we got to develop the, our own um, factions, our own conflicts, our own characters and in, in really come up with our own world within the larger world. Uh, and, and New Orleans, I think even outside of The Walking Dead, you know, people who are in the post-apocalyptic games, you know, there, there hasn't been one in New Orleans, or at least not one that um, is really popular or famous. So I think people would, the, the idea of seeing a post-apocalyptic New Orleans in its own right is just exciting. Super cool. And we also really liked, 
we liked what the concept of the flooded New Orleans specifically gave us because you get this kind of archipelago where you get to have these sandboxes that are separated by water and the player is free to go and explore each sandbox individually. So you got a nice big space, but it's kind of they're all kind of isolated from oh, one man. another. Great, man. Um, okay, a couple more things. I, I wanted to know, is the game intended to be, I mean, maybe this is a dumb question, but is it intended to be scary or more of an action feel or like a combination? We've found that it, it actually turned out to be all of the above. So okay. <laughs> I, it definitely had, like, you know, we, we wanted scary moments and we've definitely achieved that. So you, you get, you know, sometimes you can be outside and you're exploring um, you know, this this neighborhood, and it's not that scary outside. You can kill walkers, you can see them coming, it's daytime. And then you can, then you go inside a house, and it's completely pitch black dark as you get towards the middle of the house. And you can hear walkers in other rooms, but you don't know what room it's in, you don't know how close it's in. You go up in the door to, to you know, see what's going on, because you think you can hear something on the other side, and then as soon as you grab the handle, the door breaks right in front of you and walkers come. Oh, shit. I don't, so, I can't handle even, that. <laughs> yeah, so, so there's a lot of horror experiences in it, but I wouldn't say it's like horror all the way through. No, we've I love it. I'm like just that. kidding around. That sounds great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got uh, horror moments in uh, a really creepy level. That's the um, our uh, school. So we've got this um, whole high school that's been uh, you know abandoned, of course, because uh, the disaster and the outbreak. Um, and that's really scary to be walking through because it's pitch black inside there and all you've got is your little flashlight and you can just hear all kinds of creepy noises going on throughout it. Mm-hmm. But 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 then there are other moments in the game where instead of, you know, being terrified like that, you have a very like, you know, John Wick and VR kind of experience where you're the badass and you've got like a katana on your back and a gun on your side and a nice. knife on your other hip. And you, you walk in, you throw the knife and it sticks in one guy's head and then you shoot the other guy and then you decapitate the third guy and then walkers come up and you pull out your bow and you shoot three of them with your arrows. And then the fourth one, you grab an arrow and stab him with him, stab it, stab the walker with the arrow, you know, melee style. So, and you feel just like a total ninja. Um, so I think the fact that we have this, a very diverse landscape of experiences, you know, some of the really high action intensity, feel like a rock star. Other ones, you're really terrified, you're cowering, there's humans hunting you, or there's walkers right around the corner. Um, and then there are other moments that are really rich for the story. You know, there's some sad experiences, some, there's some really difficult moral decisions you have to make. Uh, so we've, we've got all that rolled up in there, and, and I think we've got a pretty nice um, pacing of how you go through those, the, that variety of experience. Man, that sounds amazing. It's great. Yeah, I love the the variation in what you're talking about, just in in the pacing and the outside versus inside and all that. It just sounds great. So I just want to tell listeners, I highly recommend you guys check this out. If you already have VR, then I would say it's a must. If you haven't tried VR, then I, I think VR is definitely something you have to try to understand instead of playing a game, it feels like you, you literally stepped into another world. And I really didn't get it until I put that headset on and tried it out. So I, I totally recommend it. And, uh, I just want to ask you if there's anything else, Adam, that you want to say about the game before we wrap. Um, yeah, I think that, uh, another thing that I, I would like to throw in there that it kind of goes to that range of experiences. There's, there's this other aspect to it, um, that I really love, there's a lot of player-driven pacing, right? So it's not only that we have all those 
different types of experiences laid out there for you. But a lot of the times you get, when you're playing it, you get a little bit of that RPG light kind of experience, mm -hmm. right? Where you get to set your own goals. You know, you've got all these crafting tables where you've got all these different kinds of guns you can craft and all their ammo. And you've got all these melee weapons. You've got all these survival upgrades and food you can craft and all these different abilities you can unlock. Uh, and, and you can go out and scavenge the world and explore it just as you see fit, you know, travel to this map or that map. It doesn't matter where your official quest is. You can go and do whatever you feel like doing that day. Um, and when you're, when you're, you know, playing that for me personally, that's the kind of game I love where I can just kind of drop the main story, go do a whole bunch of other stuff and upgrade at my own speed and then come back and then, and then engage with the main story. I think, uh, you know, that's a really, neat feature that I want to make sure that everybody understands. It's, it's an important part of the game. Uh, and it makes you feel really empowered and I think really delivers on that sense that, you know, I, I'm not just playing a game here. I'm like, I'm, I'm living out this Walking Dead fantasy Survival. and I'm really getting to be like, I would be, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> this, is, this is who I would be. This is what I would do. I'm in control. You know, I can, this guy could be the quest giver and they're telling me what I need to do, but if they're right in front of me, I can kill them just as much as I can kill anybody else and I don't even have to do those quests. Like you can be a saint or a sinner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, in all kinds of horrible, horrible ways. So, <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I just want to drive home how empowered the player is in this. And to your point about VR earlier, about, uh, you know, you don't really know it unless you've played it yourself. I think that's, 100% true. Like the trailers will never do it justice. You really have to be in headset. You really have to feel the controllers in your hand. You have to feel the weapons. You have to sink them into a walker's head. You have to have to reload the gun while the walkers are chasing you. And there's another guy shooting at you around the corner and you're running out of bullets and you drop the bullets and you're terrified and you're <laughs> wounded and you have to wrap the bandage around your arm. You know, that once you're there and you're really experiencing it, that's when you appreciate, uh, you know, what we built here. Yeah, it's like... um, so I'm really about people able to get their hands on that yeah i mean just the idea of don't think of this as a game but it's more like you get to live out your fantasy of how you would be in the zombie apocalypse is is great <laughs> so yeah, yeah, so exactly. what uh platforms is it going to be on and when and how can people get it so we're on uh rift rift s vive and windows mr on the 23rd Mm -hmm. of january this month then playstation vr in q1 we haven't named a specific date for that but it's in q1 of this year mm -hmm. um and then quest we're out later this year Good we haven't named a specific date for that but just late in the year and if you do own a quest but you have the link cable um you know then as you know with the link cable and the quest you could you could play just like you could with a rift s or rip so right. if you have the quest and the link cable then you can get it on the 23rd Awesome. Okay, man. Thanks a lot. I appreciate that. That was really cool. Oh, thank you. Yep. All right. Good luck with All the game. Right. All <laughs> right. Thanks. Bye. Talk to you later, dude. All right. That's our show. Episode 383. Thanks for listening everybody. Thank you to Skydance Interactive for coming on for an interview. And thank you, Ben, for coming on. I totally appreciate it. Super of course, fun. it was fun. Yeah, yeah I'm glad uh, that we had a lot of the same games, but I got to learn some things about some other games I've been curious about, so that was good. Yeah, and I've, I've added a, a couple to my list, too, of ones from yours that I need to check out. Nice. Yeah. Um, if you guys want to give us a call, you can reach us at 650-485-DEAD. That's 650-485-3323. 
You can email us at brains at podcastica.com. You can find us on the web at facebook.com slash deadcast. And be sure to check out our other shows at podcastica.com. So Richard, Chris of the Talking Dead podcast and Mr. Blog just did an episode of House Podcastica on Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. So go to podcastica.com and click on House Podcastica if you want to hear that. We usually do our Star Wars wrap-up on here, but it seemed more appropriate to do it over there this year since we covered The Mandalorian on House Podcastica, and we're all Star Wars over there. Um, And you can find Ben and everything that he's doing at nextlevelradioonline.com, right? Yep. Or the nextlevelnetwork.com. Either one. They'll take you to the same place. (laughs) What is one that you're particularly excited about or that you'd want to tell people about that you're doing right now? Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover Well, yeah, the DC Primetime podcast right now, we're covering, we're currently covering uh, the Crisis on Infinite Earths uh, massive crossover, which the CW is doing right now. The first three parts already aired, and then the other two parts come back on, I think, Tuesday the 14th. Uh, So next week. Um, you know, is when the, the five, parts four and five air back to back and the first three parts were epic. So I can't cool. wait to see how they're going to wrap it up. I've kind of fallen out with those shows, but I'm going to go watch all these crises because I love the comic story and it. Just the idea of pulling in heroes from different DC properties is cool. Oh, so many familiar faces that they, they cameo in it. It's amazing. <laughs> it's so good. Right on. And then Walking Dead season 10.5, as you guys all know, starts up in about a month from now and so we'll be covering that me and lucy mostly and then um we'll have at least one more episode sometime in the middle here we'll figure out something to come on with but for now all right that is our show thanks for listening don't Don't get get bit bit, kelly Kelly Burgess. burgess